Welcome to the Blue Sky Education Thinking Podcast. I'm Adrian Barrett, and today with me, I've got uh, the head of practice here at Blue Sky Education, Steph Mullins, and a man who hopefully needs no introduction at all, even though I am giving him one, international business education guru, Matt Simmons. So, Matt, without any further ado, over to you. Thanks, Adrian. Through these Blue Sky podcasts, of course, we're looking to cover uh, a vast range of business education themes. Uh, and today is uh, rankings. Like them or love them, they've been uh, part of the business education backdrop for, for over 30 years now. Bloomberg, of course, uh, got started with their first full-time MBA ranking in 1989. Uh, the FT joined the party about 10 years later and has since multiplied the rankings that they do that includes exec ed, master's in management, uh, European business school rankings, uh, and most recently, uh, online MBAs. Um, now, Steph, I believe that uh, you've been out and about talking about the rankings. I have indeed. And it's an interesting time at the moment for rankings, actually, given the issues around GDPR and new demands from students around issues like sustainability that the rankings really have to reflect. So I've spoken to experts to find out more. That sounds great. I'm Sarah Seedsman at Media Minds Global, and I am responsible for our insights and consulting team. So we largely do market research and consulting projects for business schools. So in this episode of our business education podcast, we've been talking about rankings and just how important they are. How do you see their impact on our industry? And I understand you have some research on how influential they actually are. Indeed, indeed. Okay, let me talk you through that. So I think we've reached a point where for MBAs, full-time MBAs in particular, and executive MBAs, rankings are incredibly important to prospective students. They're a major influence on the choice, and I'll talk a bit about the research that shows that. So in such a competitive market for business schools trying to recruit students, if they matter to your prospective students, they matter to you as a business school to Mm -hmm. help attract those students. In terms of the research, we've done quite a lot of projects over the last couple of years with prospective students. So we've done a lot of interviews of candidates, we've done a lot of survey work with candidates, and we are seeing how much the rankings have grown in recent years in importance. First of all, as a source of information, not even as the ultimate choice, but in terms of where do they go first to get information about a business school. In one of the recent research projects we did of MBA candidates globally for a school in Asia Pacific that is well ranked, it came up as top of the list. It was the first source that candidates went to to start their research. Mm. Google was second. And that's quite a shift from the I'll start Googling business schools and then I'll find rankings Mm. to the rankings are a primary source of information. Another project we did on executive MBA research with some focus groups, the candidates shared a lot of detail about the analysis they do on rankings data. So it's not just looking at the list of who's the top five, top 10, top 100. They actually dig into all of the detail that's shared in the rankings to help them discover more about the business schools. So they're incredibly important in terms of that research. Then, of course, our research shows that when you're choosing a school and filtering which ones do I want to apply to, it is the primary factor. 
So they look first at, I want to go to a ranked school alongside all of their other choice criteria. Mm. So they matter a lot. <laughs> That's a really interesting point and really interesting shift. Um, do you think rankings will continue to change and evolve? I think they will, because I think at the end of the day, schools themselves tend to have a love-hate relationship with rankings, understanding the role they play to attract candidates, but at the same time, what business schools need to do to manage rankings, submit for rankings and so on. So I think there's a continued pressure or a continued encouragement that business schools offer or provide or you know leverage with the rankings publishers to evolve the criteria to what they see matters most and at the same time I think candidates as their needs and interests change start looking for further information so you start to see for example you know when talking about sustainability is a very big issue the corporate nights ranking mm. is suddenly getting more profile and is being used by more candidates and so on Mm, rankings are so important and it's such a contentious and hot topic at the moment. So is there anything else you would like to add, anything else you'd want listeners to know on rankings? I guess one of the other elements of rankings is, you know, what impact, you ask what impact they have on schools mm. and perhaps to focus on a couple of the positive impacts or byproducts other than just where you end up in the rankings list. I think the first thing is they do encourage schools to put a very strong focus on the career service support they offer to their students. Mm. So, you know, that in itself is a benefit to students if they're getting an enhanced and richer career services support. So that's worthwhile. But equally importantly, given the work that we do with alumni relations teams as another strand of, of what we do, they encourage schools to really focus on the effectiveness of their alumni relations because, of course, you need to keep in touch with and cultivate relations with your graduates so that when they get the ranking survey three years after graduation or whatever, that they are still in touch with you, they are going to speak of you with goodwill and so on. And I think anything that encourages schools to invest in alumni relations is a good thing. Definitely. What a brilliant impact. So, Matt, as the S of QS, your name is often related with the rankings, not surprisingly. Now, the history of rankings is something that you know inside out, uh, especially the business education rankings. So, could you start by explaining how they began? Right, yes, um, the, the ranking of business schools. Um, you're right, my, my name seems to be a inextricably linked with rankings, which uh, given that sometimes I can't even list my three favourite songs or my three favourite movies, uh, I'm not sure how qualified, but um, with QS and the World University rankings, uh, and for the last eight or nine years on Forbes, I've produced a ranking of MBA rankings that actually puts together the five major media rankings. Uh, and that's been fascinating, how that sort of pulls together uh, disparate results and sometimes very distinct methodologies that each of them use. So um, one of my business partners, uh, John Byrne, now the editor-in-chief of Poets and Quants, uh, really uh, got the world of business schools shaken up just over 30 years ago, back in uh, uh, the late 1980s. He published the first MBA ranking for Business Week. And he, he's certainly a very strong advocate for rankings, arguing 
that uh, what started with Business Week and was quickly followed by US News, uh, who decided just to rank the top US business schools, was then followed about 10 years later uh, with the Financial Times, who started their first MBA ranking in 1999, another three years after that, and uh, The Economist had joined the fun. Um, and uh, Kurt Badenhausen uh, at Forbes tells the wonderful story of when he first did a Forbes MBA ranking 22 years ago. It wasn't all digital online surveys. They actually sent out thousands and thousands of surveys to MBA graduates by regular mail uh, and then uh, got this big post bag back uh, with responses. So, uh, you know, rankings of business schools have been with us for over 30 years and have become tremendously influential. Some people would grumble far too influential in that um, sometimes applicants can be over reliant on this uh, fairly simple snapshot of where a school sits among its peers at any uh, given time. So like them or loathe them, um, the rankings uh, are here to stay. Uh, and interestingly, I was um, invited to speak at an EFMD conference on the subject of rankings with uh, with Della Bradshaw, the former business school's editor at the FT. Uh, this was about four years ago and actually made the case. Uh, this was an audience of Masters in Management program directors. At the time, the FT had the only Masters in Management ranking that they would publish every year. And, and therefore, any school that participated in that ranking was sort of stuck with that monopoly and, and just one result. So the case that I made was, in fact, in their case, they needed more rankings, uh, not less. Uh, mindful of the school resources that are required, the data collection, everyone that's involved and how stakeholders might respond. But if you look at the level of visibility that the business school rankings have given to MBA programs in the last 30 years, um, a reporter like Jonathan Mools uh, once shared with me that on the day that their MBA ranking comes out in January every year, the spike in traffic is so high that they actually have to remove that from the stats to give a more reliable figure of um, who's been reading which story. So, you know, clearly it attracts great attention. Uh, and the MBA has really benefited from that in, in the last 25, 30 years. Of course, schools go up schools go down. And when they go down, uh, it can cause you know, genuine concern among stakeholders, not least alumni uh, who have you know, invested their time and money uh, in their MBA education. And they want to know why the school is not performing well uh, in these league tables. But um, you know, it's given an unprecedented level of visibility to the MBA on a global scale. I think that's worth emphasizing as well. You know, It's not just people in New York, Chicago and Los Angeles that are following this you know, it's, it's in New Delhi, it's in Beijing, it's in Sao Paulo. Uh, around the world, people will follow these results. Absolutely. I don't think we can underestimate their impact at all. As you say, they are often the first place people go to. Sarah from Media Mind said potential students don't even Google schools first. They go straight to the rankings and then they do their research into different schools. I know you talked about when the rankings first began and these huge bags of posts turned up on the doorstep. And they had to go through all this material to find the data to actually create the rankings. Things have changed a lot now, not only in the methods and the way the rankings are done, but in the things that potential students care about. And so the rankings have to adapt, like CSR's rising importance. And things are definitely changing with the rankings. Do you think we can speculate at all about the rankings and how they'll look in the future? 
Um, I, I think we should. You know, we should always ask ourselves where might they be going next. You're right. Rankings are part of uh, the business school world, but they should be treated uh, with great caution uh, and diligence, uh, and you know, recognizing the limitations of methodologies. Um, as you look at um, certainly in the MBA market, the five dominant uh, rankings. They go from the simplicity of Forbes that says, okay, we're just going to measure ROI, you know, five years out of school, what has been the return on the investment that you made in uh, uh, in your MBA, and that's purely monetary, um, all the way through to The Economist that has this, you know, very complex methodology with over 20 uh, different points. They include uh, subjective surveys by alumni who, I guess, have a self-interest to see that their school does very well in these results. We mentioned uh, earlier on that uh, John Byrne had started all of this with the Business Week ranking, and there's been you know a, a great deal of turmoil at Business Week in the last five years as they have tweaked uh, their methodology, you know, to find and perhaps reflect the sort of applicants to business school programs today. You know, we, we see areas of CSR, um, sustainability, and not just post MBA salaries, but individuals that are. Uh, looking for a sense of purpose in their studies. How, how do you measure something like that? The FT has been looking at how to best measure something like entrepreneurship. Well, are you an entrepreneur um, if you have launched uh, a, a unicorn that now has a, a billion dollar valuation and employs many hundreds, if not thousands of people? Are you an entrepreneur if you've done something part-time could even be a, a, a restaurant delivery service that only has a team of three or four people. So, you know, th- those measures are very difficult. I, I was invited by uh, the Wall Street Journal and Times Higher Ed to be involved in uh, their own rankings project. THE, of course, has been involved in world university rankings for, for many, many years. Uh, the Wall Street Journal is is probably one of the best read global newspapers, certainly for the, the business audience and, you know, a lot of interaction with individuals that are thinking about business school or the alumni um, that graduated from uh, from the top business schools, and it was it was a fascinating and extraordinarily challenging project. Uh, I was really an interface with the schools, and I have to say, it was wonderful to see just how engaged, uh, how informed, how outspoken schools were. It wasn't just we don't want another ranking. <laughs> Plenty of them said that, uh, but also. The detail and, and the nuance to that in terms of how they felt that uh, rankings were distorting uh, the markets, you know, that the internal resources that it requires to be able to put together um, all of this data, yet another email that's going to a group of uh, alumni that are already receiving uh, surveys from other media. So, you know, it was fascinating for me to, to really hear those voices and understand uh, their concerns that they wanted to look at the MBA, the masters in management and the masters in finance. And as you talk about, you know, the future of business education, you know, we've already seen in the last year or two, the MBA is going through a period of relative decline, uh, but certainly European business schools are doing very well, but uh, the, the, the US schools are struggling perhaps more than uh, historically. Um, and at the same time, the Masters in Management is emerging. Uh, we're seeing more and more schools engaging with online MBAs. Uh, and, and so, you know, thinking about how rankings will reflect some of the programs. You know, I, if, if you look at the FT, 
They have many hundreds of schools that want to be in the top 100 of the MBA ranking. Last year, they only had 10 schools in an online MBA ranking. I'm pretty confident that four or five years from now, there will be 40, 50 uh, schools on that list in the same way we've seen with Masters in Management. You know, they, they now have a full complement of schools. When they first started the Masters in Management ranking, uh, they only had 45 or 50. Um, so, you know, the rankings, I think, will reflect uh, also the programs and, and where schools are going. What they then look to measure uh, is always that great challenge. And, and when you know, I, I was very fortunate to work with some very skilled and uh, insightful data scientists that were trying to find uh, quantifiable ways to assess teaching quality to look at uh, learning outcomes, to look at the value of networks. Obviously, one of the common uh, themes of the rankings is uh, salaries. That's perhaps one of the more simple measures. But even there, when you look at salaries and take into account exchange rates and purchasing power parity, you know, all of these things need to be taken into consideration. Uh, I mentioned earlier on uh, the idea of um, entrepreneurship and how you measure that one. I think one of the thorniest, and certainly that we see with this current generation, you know, they're looking at business school and their future career aspirations, and they want a sense of purpose. You know, many of them talk about, well, you know, I, I want to have a positive impact. I want to do good. That's a very nebulous subject if you're trying to measure it uh, in the ranking. So, you know, I hope that um, the FT, The Economist, US News, uh, Business Week and Forbes continue to hold that mirror up to themselves in terms of how relevant is what we're measuring, how transparent is it, uh, how does it reflect where the market is going, so that it can ultimately provide a useful and informed snapshot as part of the sort of research uh, that future business school applicants go through as they look for the right school. I always say, you know, there's, there's no one best school, but there might be a best school for you. Uh, and rankings uh, can contribute to the sort of uh, research and understanding of institutions and what they have to offer. But they really are just, you know, one part of a bigger picture. Absolutely. I think anyone behind the rankings and anyone in schools looking to learn more about the rankings um, will have just taken a, a lot of information from that. So thank you. Is there anything else that, that you would want to talk about that you would want to say when, when it comes to the rankings? Well, perhaps just one more thing. Um, actually, I could probably talk about the rankings for, for hours, so forgive me. Um, if you look at the coverage of business education, you know, I, I started earlier by saying just how much visibility rankings have given to the MBA. The reality is that if you go back uh, even 10 years, Business Week with their annual rankings, Business Week was producing three, four, five articles a week about business education. Um, I, I was contributing some of those uh, articles. The same thing with The Economist. I, I used to, uh, to write about business education for The Economist, and they would, uh, again, have you know, one or two articles coming through a week. The FT, those that can remember that Monday supplement in the newspaper, it was a page or sometimes two pages. You know, I, th I think one of the real uh, disappointments is that that dedicated editorial coverage has really shrunk in, in the last uh, seven, eight years. You've seen sites like Poets and Quants that have emerged you know, to, to respond to that uh, and share business school news. Um, but I think it's a real shame that there is so much less coverage from those media 
I hope that they don't disengage. It was great at the uh, Mackey conference that we held in London last year to have the Business Week team at, from Bloomberg saying, um, you know, business schools are a core audience. It's our readership. And, you know, we will use the rankings as a vehicle to now produce you know, regular articles. And, and I really hope that, um, that that proves to be the case and that even if we don't reach the editorial levels of perhaps seven or eight years ago, the rankings are just one point in a much wider coverage uh, that these publications produce. I agree entirely. How many times have we been over this? The whole issue of rankings just generates so much passion, so much interest. It's, it's one of those things that just never goes away, never gets any lighter. Excellent interview with Sarah, some really good insight, but obviously some really great insight from you two. Well, clearly uh, rankings... Everybody has a different uh, perspective and it's great to get some of those uh, voices and, uh, and insights. Um, but beyond rankings, the Blue Sky Education podcasts, we're trying to cover many themes in, and uh, in upcoming podcasts, we're going to be looking at uh, the issue of sustainability that's uh, really gained a lot of ground on campuses across the world. A broader view of the future of business education and the disruption that it faces. Uh, we're going to be looking at the evolution of uh, the executive MBA, how you stand out from the competition, uh, and of course, social media and how that fits into a business school's communications campaign. This has been the Blue Sky Education Thinking Podcast. Thank you for listening. For more information, more resources, visit our website at www.bluesky-pr.com.